Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide. I am your host and fearless leader, Vic Muscat. With me and the co-host, my Mr. Spock of the show, we have Mad Max. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Doing great. And we've always, Max, we've always talked about how great slam wrestling is over in Finland. I just don't say in front of the, our guest today and be like, you know, there's multiple times we talked about slam wrestling and how great they are and how impressive we were. And we have the referees of slam wrestling with us today. I think awesome. the way they do it is to um, each one of you introduce yourselves and tell you how many years you've been refereeing for. Ladies first. Um, hi, I'm Domi. I have been refereeing since October 2020. And been with Slam for oh, almost a year now. Wow. Hello, uh, I'm Aki. Uh, nice to be second time here on this this podcast. And uh, I've been uh, refereeing since 2016 when I started my training. So I guess it's like <laughs> now it's more than six years. Damn, how the time flies. I uh, work with uh, FCF Wrestling in Finland and now exclusively for slam wrestling Finland since 2019 I guess and I am Teemu uh, aka Tim the Finnish ref I've been refereeing since 2014 originally started with FCF wrestling and then when slam wrestling started in 2017 I've been part of the company since the first show now, for you guys, was something, wrestling something you always wanted to do, or was it something that, you know, you saw like a help wanted ad or a friend, you're like, oh, I could do this, and you fell in love with it? Please first. Can I go first? <laughs> um, please, yeah. please first in the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I have been a fan for over 20 years now and always wanted to do it. Always was thinking like, oh, that would be so cool. Um, and then I was supposed to be actually in 2019. I went to FCF Wrestling's uh, tryouts and I made it through. And I was supposed to be a wrestler, but then um, due to lack of time and uh, some kind of injuries, I think I sprained my ankle like twice or three times during the training. Um, kind of was always thinking like, okay, maybe maybe the universe is trying to tell me something. <laughs> and uh, we were supposed to have like an all-female show uh, while I was still in training. And uh, I knew that I was not going to wrestle, but then I was thinking like, okay, uh, the referee, the best seat in the house. And I was always drawn to refereeing from the start. Um, and then I just went and talked to some people and I said like, hey, could I be the ref for the female show? Could you train me as a ref? And uh, that idea sticked. And I haven't done anything else since I haven't even finished my wrestling training. And now it's like, I don't even want to, like I found my calling. So I only want to be a zero. <laughs> like you gentlemen. Yeah. If I, 
Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was just saying that maybe I maybe I go now. I so you never do. You never do. <laughs> Ladies first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, team. Thank you, team. Yeah. Uh, so where do I start? Yeah. I think I back in the eighties. This is my like uh, the far the recollection that goes the farthest back in my my like uh, history. And uh, it was must be somewhere in the end of the eighties when I used to watch these Sky channels when I was a small kid in in Finland. We saw some of like Eurosport or or something like that and there was this weird weird sport where it wasn't exactly you know boxing or anything like that uh, it was pro wrestling and it was something so exciting that it, it got me really interested as a like a nine year old ten year old kid and I remember the first wrestler that I really remember was Hulk Hogan who's like the the biggest thing for me as as I guess for many people, not taking any sides of what Hulk has said or done since, but like as a character, it was really he was really captivating. And from then on, I was like a huge huge fan of wrestling. And then it died down early two thousands when we got some uh, uh, wrestling on our main channels or sports entertainment. If you say it was the end of an attitude era and early through ruthless aggression era, I guess we used to see Raw and SmackDown on our like main TV channels here in Finland. And that was another boom, which was similar for many Finns from that era. And then like jumping from early 2000 to 2016, when I was really fed up with stuff at the work and, and, you know, things weren't like fine. I was just finding out that Finland ha actually has wrestling and, went to the one of the shows and it was amazing and then i sent them an email if they have something to do like to be involved something like refereeing or something and you know they invited me for referee training and that's where i met this team uh first time on that uh spring of 2016 and it has been fun ever since i love being a ref well I've been fan like on and off for I guess thirty years now. Like originally, I was roughly seven or eight years old when I saw wrestling for the first time, and like I couldn't really understand it at the time. But like I remember the Undertaker leaving uh, like a vivid, lasting impression on me even even then. But like my fandom has always kind of waxed and waned, sort of how easily accessible it has been. And like Aki mentioned, there was a, like a big boom in the in the early two thousands, uh, the millionaire shift when Raw and SmackDown were available on Finnish TV, and I started watching again. And then it kind of went on the back burner again when other things came into my life and. Roughly 11, 12 years ago, it really came back with a vengeance. And that's when I decided to travel to the United States to receive training and kind of accidentally stumbled into refereeing. And uh, before I knew it, like I started refereeing. And then in 2015, when I received some encouragement from uh, Earl Hebner in a referee seminar, that's when I really like went all in on the refereeing, even though like I never wanted to be a wrestler myself. I've never had the like, 
I've never been much of an athlete or, or like had any like sports background, but you know, like what kid, what wrestling fan hasn't wanted to be in the ring at some, in some way or another, like that kind of childhood fantasy, sure. But like never as an adult did I ever plan on being a wrestler. I, my plan was originally to be a manager, but like uh, situations le uh, led me going instead of a left turn, taking a right turn. And here we are. Bex just yeah. recently celebrated his 32nd year in the business. Can you, any of you guys see wow. yourselves in professional wrestling when, for 32 years? I'm way too old for like business. It feels like my body's been in the business 132 years. <laughs> it's not the years, it's the mileage. Exactly. Hey. That's, that's have any fact. of you have any of you had any you know like spots in a match where you got like you had to take a bump and it was more than a bump or like you did something that you got injured that you never thought you would in the ring um i have had spots when uh i got like uh jumped on by uh, wrestlers in the in the corner but uh never i never got injured i have i've had like few matches where i was uh, i had like a referee spot but uh i haven't got injured yet so <laughs> hopefully hopefully no ah uh, yeah no yeah sorry i'll go ahead i'm interrupting you <laughs> Ladies first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess I then continue. So like, um, yeah, not like from the match specifically. I remember this huge pump that I had to take when I was like slammed really hard on the ground. And we, we like, of course, I was prepared for it. But in the heat of the, the battle in the ring, I guess they really went for it. And this guy who is now wrestling and living in, in, uh, uh, United States called Mikko Maestro, who is one of our Finnish greatest wrestlers. If you ask me, uh, like really like took me <laughs> took me out, and that's good because I needed to be took out of the match. And it's it's nothing that he was unsafe. I just was like a bit green on that time, and I really got like you know taken out. But this uh, particular time that we are now living, I have some disc problems with in my back and I actually haven't been in the shows refereeing since October that I don't think it has nothing to do with the actual in-ring uh, incidents or anything like that. Apart from a few minor injuries, or well, I wouldn't even call them injuries in training, like I guess, you know, I've had my, uh, minor minor accidents where like wrestlers when i've been counting the pinfall well they've kicked out they rolled over me and my fingers bent uh backwards and like i could have like it hurt really bad and i could have sworn for a moment like i kept oh, yeah. checking like are they are they like like are they broken or like are they still working you can probably tell in the video if you check like i'm like just making sure that everything's still working but like really it hurt more uh it felt bad more bad than it actually was it just 
this was very painful, but really for a moment there, I, I could have thought like I, my fingers were uh, like like broken or or like popped out of there. I was gonna say soccer, but I, I don't know what you call it. Oh. <laughs> like, and another p moment I remember is there was a manager in the early days of uh, FCF. He's no longer around, and uh, he was gonna do a run in and interfere with the match and he was gonna <clears throat> attack me and attack the the opponent and he let me know like i'm a i'm a really shitty i do really shitty punches and kicks so i gotta punch you kick for real <laughs> like wait what and like okay and then like okay but don't, don't you're not gonna kick like like all in right like you're gonna at least try to like soften blows a little bit no i can't do that like I, i'm really you know, i know i know it's gonna look completely shit so. okay <laughs> And so he did, like he laid me with the punches <laughs> and the kicks. And so, so it was very easy to sell for him because he was just lousy that way. What are some of your favorite matches that you were a referee in? Um, I always uh, look at my first, my debut match. Um, as one of my best, because that was like, amazing um and the other two i have like three uh would have to be um titi suosalo against sam gradwell from last october that was just the whole match the chemistry between the wrestlers and me and like i mean sam gradwell is a huge guy uh, and the chemistry we have. And I think there was like a little standoff between me and him in the match. That was so cool. Um, and then the other one is for from the lights out in October last year when uh, it was a 20 minute match against Jake Oman against Dark Other, the Nordic champion. It was for the Nordic championship match. And it was just, like full of action I actually told the guys after the match like you put me through hell like I have never done so much work during the match <laughs> I loved every second of it and you just have to be like uh, awake all the time and move quickly and there were like spots where they were doing like oh my god because I had no idea what what what's gonna happen so they really put me like through, you know, I had so much work to do and I enjoyed every single second of it. It was a great match. So those kind of three for me. <clears throat> Ladies next. Okay. <laughs> Tim, if you take this one. All right, sure. Uh, like uh, two. <laughs> oh, what is it, <laughs> Hey, Faith. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, two two matches popped to mind. Uh, the first one is from a technical standpoint: is uh, Rebel Starbuck versus James Mason. It's on the Slam Wrestling Finland's YouTube page, and it it was really one of those clinics that they put on, and it was just just uh, like I've, I've watched the match several times because really is one of those just beautiful matches because you got two guys, and there's like. 50 plus years of experience in the ring. And they're like, you can tell they, like even from the lockup, when I was in the ring with them, you can tell from the lockup, like this isn't one of those lazy mechanical, this was with intent, this was with intensity. Right from the get go, you could mm -hmm. tell like this is, these are from on a different level, these guys. 
And I love that match also because you could tell by the by the way the guys work with me that they were experienced. Like you, like most young wrestlers don't know how to utilize a referee. They don't communicate with the referee. They're they think you're just there to count one, two, three, and just stay the hell out of the way. But like Mason, he talked to me. He used me in the match to tell the story. And like I talked to him afterwards, like uh, about that, and that this is you can really tell from these things that that you are on on a completely different level. And uh, another match that comes to mind is uh, a very recent one I had from our last show, Klondike Clash. Uh, the main event, uh, the Swedish uh, Supreme, the Supreme Swede Steinbolt challenged uh, Heim of the Wild now for the Slam Wrestling Championship. And that was such a, uh, how should I put it? It was such a interactive match. Like the way Steinbolt wrestler wrestles, he really talks to the crowd and like he shouts at them in Swedish. And the Finnish people, they love them. They love Swedes, so every time Swedes yeah. tell them to to tell them to speak Swedish, you lousy Finns and rise up for the Swedish anthem. Like Finns people love that; they actually absolutely gobble it up. So, and he would like every time the the fans shouted something at me, he would like respond to like, "What did you say?" Like, "Huh? Come over here! Come in! Come fight me instead!" And just the interactivity of the match and the way him and Haim work, like. I was, there were times where I had such a hard time keeping a poker face because just, just in uh, outside the ring, Steinbolt is a hilarious guy and Hamer is a hilarious guy and they can rib you in the ring and they'll talk to you and ask you questions about, you know, completely nonsense just to try to rib you and it was such a fun match for the crowd, for me, for the guys and really one of those this is the kind of match. Both both of those matches are like the kind of matches that keeps you going. Are the reasons why you do this, but on a completely different reasons. One because it was just so fun, so interactive, so such a crowd pleaser. The other ones, but just pure technical, so beautifully executed, flawless. Last but not least, yeah. Uh just listening these two other uh, fellows talking about the matches and what great matches they have had and like there are so many wrestlers mentioned there that i have had great interaction and been part of their great match in the ring uh steinbolt is excellent hey Ukonsega is excellent it's always a great time to be in ring with them and and then there are so many others i mentioned Mikko Maestro earlier, and of course, Starbuck, uh, who is the number one guy in Finland. Uh, one of the latest great matches that I, I really enjoyed was this uh, total mayhem in last October, Slamageddon, where uh, Mick Vainula and Artu Ader were tag teaming against Dylan Broda and Mika, uh, I mean, Emi Helen. And that was like a true war. They used everything from the trash cans to you know, computer mouses and stuff. That's one of my top five matches. But number one, I have to go back to, is it Talvisota 11? Uh, back in the day when Mikko Maestro and Starbuck were having like a feud going on and they had this really hard-hitting match. 
it happened on this old place that is now gone in Helsinki called Nosturi. And that that was a wild freaking match. And Teemu mentioned there that not all wrestlers usually know or always know how to incorporate referee into the match or, you know, use referee somehow for the match. And these two guys really knew what to do with me there. And I had like a huge like contribution for the match. Of course, the guys made it perfect, but I felt so involved and I felt so excited. And that's one of my best experiences in ring-wise. I can't remember the year now, but those guys are real pros, Mikko Maestro and the Rebel Starbuck. If you ever have chance to see them in action, Maestro in United States or Starbuck here in Europe, I don't know if he comes to the States ever, but you know, you should really go see those guys. Excellent, excellent England work and psychology. Why do you think people, the crowd you get, goes to slam wrestling? What do you think attracts them to their promotion? I think it's the way that um, we do wrestling. Um, it's the old way it's the way Starbucks teaches his uh, students um, the old school because you don't when you when you look at nowadays you know wrestling in indie promotion even WWE AEW it's not something you see anymore like the you know hard dungeon stuff and uh, he's of course he was born in Canada he was you know uh, trained there. So I I love the fact that um, he just keep on doing the old school because um, nowadays it's uh, it's kind of weird. It some sometimes feel like um, just a show, you know. Um, so I I think people value that because you don't see that nowadays that often anymore. Next, ladies. Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think uh, she is right. What she says there, the slam wrestling is uh, taking like a more old school approach, and I guess it's in a way more hard hitting, and it's teaching teaching the wrestlers to really think on their feet, and they really need to know what to do there on the ring because you know you know how it is in the ring. Uh, it something can happen and it can turn into something else and you need to be able to go from there and i think that's really the strength strength of slam wrestling and the other thing that i would mention is the freaking great atmosphere like i'm of course i'm a slam guy i'm i'm pushing and promoting my own own brand here but i like it's really all about who you are there it's none of that yeah. other other stuff uh none of the politics or none of how the world uh, lays down or how the business is somewhere or who likes what wrestler or whatever the whatever the thing is like it's uh, what you contribute and what do you bring into the locker room and the ring i really think that's you've been if i would characterize this you've been uh, taken as you actually are you can be yourself and don't have to be anything else i think that's one of the main main key is what attracts me there on top of the great wrestling that we put out. I think uh, 
I think that's a reason for every everyone in Slam, actually. Because, like, I haven't been in Slam for a long time, but I just, I've never felt more welcome anywhere. So, um, and the fact that I can be, like, you know, myself and, you know, say things that I say and be a little bit weird sometimes and, you know, I, you know, I am taken you know, the way I am and nobody's judging me for it. And it's so great. And uh, everyone gets along. And I, I just, I love, I just love being in Slam. And I think everyone enjoys that atmosphere. Yeah, same, same here. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the fans can tell that we enjoy each other and we enjoy each other's company. We enjoy what we're doing. But I also think that, like I mentioned, the Steinbolt and the name of the Wilderman match, that the, especially in the Nordics, <laughs> like you can't, uh, you can't uh, get that kind of cr uh, interactivity with the wrestlers as you get in Slam because uh, just, just the way, the, like the other countries and the other cities teach their wrestlers. But it's also just because they don't have that kind of experience. Like even though there are, don't get me wrong, there are experienced wrestlers in Scandinavia and also good wrestlers. But like nobody follows the kind of old school cowboy Bill Watts kind of mid south style that Rebel Starbucks does, and that he takes that he there is a very certain seriousness about how we handle things, but we do it because we respect and love what we do not because we feel that we have to do it this way it's because we want to do it this way and i think all those things you know, the crowd responds to that and there is a sort of very low threshold to to come and watch because slam do, does have feuds but they are very how should i put it they're very mm, low-key and very long term so most shows are you can just walk in and, and watch it and don't really need to know all that much to enjoy the show anyway and i think in general a lot of wrestling shows don't do enough to lower the threshold for new fans but instead they expect you to know two three years of feuds and storylines to have an idea of what happens and then they make things too complicated too many swerves and and heel or face turns in the middle of the show too much interference like all, too much stuff and it's too difficult for new fans especially casual fans i believe to to take in what you're trying to tell them if you do way too much and i think slam it's kind of a good balance there by giving the audience just enough that they are entertained but not to overwhelm the new fans Yes, and I would add to that, if you, uh, if you will, uh, it's not too simple at the same time. It's like it's offering you good matches, technical matches, different type of matches, and but it doesn't like expect you to know everything beforehand. So everything what Temu said, but then again, we have also like a really quality matches from more experienced viewers too so everyone can get something out of it i think oh absolutely it's 
no, I'm not trying to discredit the like like I said, it's not about the discrediting the in-ring action because Slam has a very not just a wide but also very deep roster because we have surprisingly experienced roster, especially in, in when you look at the Nordics. There are we have guys that have been several guys that have been doing this for 10 almost 15 years and of course starbuck has been approaching 30 years and uh, that kind of experience you may have one or two guys in certain countries but not not the level that you have in in uh in slam where you have like almost a half dozen guys that have that much experience under them and you and the new guys get to learn from them instead of all, all guys are basically rookies learning from each other as they go along. And, you know, that sets kind of a, uh, a ceiling on how fast or how good you can learn things. Because if, if everyone you wrestle is on the same level as you are, then you're not learning the same way as when you're wrestling someone that's 10, 15, 20 years your senior. That is actually true. And, and the one strength here on, on that that adds on that is that slam is bringing in people wrestlers uh men and women from all around europe and we have had people even from the united states so there is always something new and exciting that are myself i learn a lot from wrestlers in the ring but our our trainees and like our like well the wrestlers the younger wrestlers can learn from too as demo said like you need to have a different people and different opponents that you can learn from. You just can't like wrestle the same guys uh, on the same level all the time. You don't move forward. And I think that offers something also for the audiences who gets to see our, uh, you know, familiar talent in the interaction with the new new guys or women from, you know, abroad. I not going to get political or anything like that, but I just was curious. With all the tra tragedies and uncalled for events that's happening in Ukraine, has it affected any of your events at all? Like wrestlers unable to make it last minute because of what's going on or that's being canceled or anything? Uh, I think we had like uh, at least like one guy from Russia that couldn't make it because of what's going on. Um, I don't really know about any other, if the guys know, I'm not sure. But I, I heard about one that was unable to come because of what's going on. So that yeah. sucks for him because like, you know, they're ultimately when you think of war, it's the innocent people who are suffering. So yeah I like we've had russians on other shows but yeah it was supposed to be i think it was april last year or march last year when we were supposed to have a russian wrestler come to our shows and was not able to make it because the borders were closed due to due to the war and he's uh he's a very nice guy he's uh he's one of those guys like i said even even the russians are suffering because of this. Obviously, not to the extent that the Ukrainians are, but there are there are innocent Russians out there too that just want to get on with their lives, don't have no interest in war, and uh, they are also hurting because of this in different ways. And this is also one of those ways that the road outside of Russia 
for wrestlers and others is, is closed at this point. And nothing to act there. Okay. Um, when you're not in the ring, what do you guys like to do? And you personalize. Oh. <laughs> um, I spend lots of time with my dog. Nowadays, I love winter, so when it gets white and cold, I like to spend time in the forest and just look at the scenery. Um, I like to work out, working out. Um, history is one of my biggest, like I'm hooked on history channels right now. <laughs> and um, reading, I read a lot. And um, yeah, and just uh, enjoy the free time and whatever makes me happy. And I try to go like with the flow nowadays, you know, what I feel like. I don't try to plan my days or anything like that I just do what I feel like right now and uh but uh, working out have been like for now when I started like seven weeks ago like four times a week has been really important to me and for my psyche and my mental health too so um I'm trying to do that all the time ladies next <laughs> uh, yeah for me uh, me and my girlfriend are leading quite busy lives so whenever we have a chance mostly on the weekends if we're not at work we're trying to go somewhere i just bought this museum cards for me and her which is like uh, is uh, enabling us to go in any museum just showing the card in finland and uh, we've been like really hitting the museums early on this year and and then, you know, we spent time of like um, checking out films and, and you know, uh, she's blogging, she's doing a true crime blog and, and um, you know, some some other blogs too. And I'm, I'm doing my podcast on the weekdays. Now I'm doing it in Finnish. Uh, they talk Suomi, if there's any Finnish speaking suomalaisia, voivat katsoa sitä sitten. But yeah, uh, so... If we're not working, we're doing our podcast or blogs or going to the museum, seeing films. Uh, as Dom, I'm also enjoying history a lot. So I've been lately reading some history books of uh, 19th century Finland and how our national identity was finally born and formed. So that kind of like a, a gray or dull action I'm doing, <laughs> if I can choose what I do. I gotta no. gotta go to the museums with you guys sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we'll please, do, please do. Yeah, yeah. Odds are good you'll have some Finnish fans here because after all, we are on the most popular wrestling podcast in Finland, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, I heard. That's I heard. Yeah. Hey, congratulations oh. now from uh, That's you really know, face cool. to face. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Very humbling, very, very appreciative. Uh, well, anyway, as to, as to what I want to do and what I'm able to do are different things because I have three kids and a mortgage. But <laughs> if, I, if I had the time, if I had the time, I would, uh, well, I, I am a movie buff and I enjoy TV shows. And but recently I've been trying to I've been watching uh, documentaries about economics and uh, 
uh, about the war and wars in general, war, war history, stuff that interests me. But outside of that, my job keeps me busy. My, my, well, I was my shoot job. But, and uh, I've also started this year uh, being a coach in my son's uh, football soccer for you Americans. The rest of the world calls it just football. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, football coach or like goalkeeping coach helping out there i have personally no interest in football myself but it's just because uh i mean like like wrestling wrestling's my thing i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry guys wrestling's my thing and, yeah. <laughs> but it's just because uh just a way for to be with spend more time with my son uh getting him some exercise getting him to do something social and just to get him to get some learn some life lessons by working working together with others training hard for your goals winning losing those are important things you know important life lessons that you've got to learn and you know sport and hobbies is a very good way of doing that and also i think just in general like i said i don't enjoy football all that much but you know coaching is something i enjoy doing and te teaching is something i enjoy doing and also since i'm not comfortable with something i think i'm growing myself too because every time when you're a little uncomfortable when you're out of your comfort zone i mean that's when you grow right because yeah. you have to adapt to your surroundings you have to adapt to new situations oh yeah. hello we got a visitor yeah. <laughs> hey. like, hello hi hello. <laughs> hi i, I teach you yeah, have someone. Yeah, have someone for your IT. Yes, they, they say hi. Now I have a question. If you weren't refer gotten into the referee position, what do you think you would else you would be doing something else? Mm, probably wrestling. <laughs> I would be a bad wrestler though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm same here. Same. I'm, def I'm definitely better, better referee than I would be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> or then I probably um, would be like a manager or something like that. Yeah. So you would still be in the business no matter what. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like once you get in, and you can smell it and taste it, you know, you can't like, it's, I mean, no. it's yeah, you can't drug. get enough. Yeah. It is a drug. It's very addictive. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. That's what yeah. I try to explain to my wife. And she's like, I don't see how it is. I said, because you're not in the business. Yes. That I is. said, once, you know, I've been told, you know, no, you can't do it. You know, you're going to get hurt. You're too small. You know, those guys are going to use, you know, look at you as an appetite and get a hold of you and then you're done. Yeah. And, you know, I got in the ring, started training the first day. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want for the rest of my life. You yeah. know, and I even told my wife, if I die in the ring, I said, get in there and look at my face because I will be smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. That's the way yeah. I want to go. Yeah. It is one of those things it, that, like, when, when you tell someone that's outside the business, they're like, what are you crazy? But everyone else is like, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. We totally yeah, get it. Yeah. Because, like, we've all, because yeah. we, we all felt that energy of being in the ring with the roar of the crowd, with feeling that intensity of that good match. It's and just, just, uh, it's, it's just an incredible fa- sensation that you cannot describe. Yes. No. Yeah. I, it's, it's, you, you can't, uh, explain it to anyone who hasn't been part of any wrestling promotion or whatever of the business. It's so difficult, and uh, I've had like relationships, you know, ending because of that. And you know, like I mean, if you will come between me and my wrestling, like you're done. Bye. You know, <laughs> there will be there will be somebody else who will get it. You know, like but do not come between me and my wrestling and my wrestling family. That's 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 a big no. That's a red flag. No. Definitely, definitely. Nah. They just don't understand it. I mean, I no. as as you as well as you. I've I've been in relationships and I've been told it's either me yeah. or your wrestling. And I'm like, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you don't you don't want to hear the answer because you're not gonna like it. Dude, yeah. next he says that about the podcast. It's like, next, don't worry about it. We can work around it. Calm down. Calm down, Max. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, I've lost relationships. I've lost jobs. Well, you need to be here this weekend. I've already told you I can't work Saturday. Yeah. You need to be here. Yeah, that is one of those. I need to be at the show Saturday. Do you not understand that? Well, it's your choice. You either leave here or what? I'm like, take the apron off, right? And I Bye. go to timeout, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, my, you know, they're yeah. like, really? You quit a job because of wrestling? I said, that wrestling is my happy place. Yeah. That's yeah. my spot. That's my yeah. home. Yeah. You know, you do not take that from me. If you yeah. take that from me, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get yeah. hurt real bad. <laughs> that's why that's my attitude towards it you know and i mean as like you said in the wrestlers and the referees and the managers and you know people in the concession even we are a family yeah, yeah and yeah. they don't understand that you know yeah. outsiders do not understand oh, wow that's your second that's your family that no you know yeah that's my family yeah yeah. You know, they just don't have a clue. They do not understand it yeah. whatsoever. And and that's what I love about uh, Slam, because it's like, uh, we don't, let's be honest, we don't make any money. <laughs> we do it all for free. Every single person that comes to the training, to do the show, you know, everyone is there. We have like this big thing, you know, uh called wrestling and it just brings us together like the love and the passion for the whole thing and it's it's amazing like the um, interaction between everyone and it's especially in slam it's such a tight 
space. Everyone is having fun. Everyone is enjoying themselves. Everyone can be themselves. And it's just, uh, it's been amazing. I, I love every single second of it. I like every show we get, I'm like, oh, could it be Saturday already? But it's, it's amazing. So it's really difficult to uh, um, explain to someone who has never, never experienced something like that. And, uh, you know, those two, ladies <laughs> they're like i always call them like my brothers from another mothers like i like and it's so true like domi said because like i have a twin brother myself and there is just kind of there's like it's the kind of bond that never breaks when you have when you have a brother like that i mean you can argue you can be another side of the world it can be years sometimes you don't even talk about talk with them and then the next time you see them it's like hey you know it's like you saw them yesterday and that's the kind of beauty that's the beauty of it in, in a sense because uh, like you can just pick up from where, right where you left off and it's a business of hellos and goodbyes in in many, many ways that's that's kind of tragical but also what makes the time spent with these people so special because you don't really you really never know when you're gonna see it. you really never know how long you have with those people and like you i met people from the united states don't know if i'll ever see them again of course these days you have facebook you can talk to them you can follow them and they can follow you but you know that's really not the same thing and you know it's not the same thing like just like wrestling it's not the same thing watching it on video as it is watching live it's it's just not the same but it's it's so such a giving thing it's been such a meaningful thing in my life and like i honestly i'm not sure if i would even be where i'm at right now because like wrestling really gave me like i was in a rut like 11 12 years ago i was at a low point in my life and like aiming for wrestling aiming to go to the united states and getting trained and having goals and working towards those goals i mean it put me on a right path and like i said these days i, I have a family three kids full-time job and uh, and i'm content or like and, and and happy even with my life even outside outside wrestling and and that's just how much it means to me and and has given to me and, you know not just inside the ring even outside the ring it has given me so much so i i like i can't see how could I ever really stop doing this? And I hope to be, I hope to be doing this until my knees can't lift me up anymore from the ring after I've counted the pinfalls. Now you said you got three kids. Yes, yes, three kids. What about the other two? Oh no, um, I, I, no. I don't have children. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. Well, uh, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> Do you think the next generation of yours may get into the business? I certainly hope so. My, my oldest daughter, she's nine years old. She asked me last week, like, Dad, could we come to your show once or sometimes? Because I travel so far away. I live in Vasa, so it's uh, four or five hours by train every time I take a show. 
in Helsinki. And depending on if it's outside Helsinki or so, it can be a little longer. But yeah, like like my nine-year-old has asked me if she can come. And my son, every time I watch wrestling, he's watching even though he's really not supposed to because, you know, it's so violent. But I like it anyway. <laughs> I don't tell my fiance. She might kill me. So <laughs> Don't let so, her watch this. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> yeah. if you're watching this podcast, I was joking. <laughs> yeah, of course you were. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have my uh, 20 year old son he's I don't know why but he wanted to get into the business he seen me wrestle and he's like dad I know what I want to do like, what's that he goes I want to be a luchador and I'm like no he goes but dad he goes I thought you wanted me to be just like you I said son look what I do he goes, okay. I said, I don't want you to use your body for work. I said, I, I said, your stepmom has to help me almost every morning to get my legs out of bed and help me to get out of bed. I said, you know, he goes, well, you shouldn't have been doing that hardcore. I'm like, <laughs> I like it. It was something that I loved and I ain't gonna lie, I'm a wuss. And my mother was like, here, you don't like this stuff, but yet you get busted open. You know, you get a beer bottle busted across your head. You got glass in your head. You messed your arm up. You need, you had a hip replacement. And why? Why do you do it? I don't know. I, I, I love it. That's the thing. And, you know, my son, he's like, well, I want to get into it. So I'm like, he goes, I want to be Mad Max Jr. I'm like, no. <laughs> what? I said, you have to earn that name. <laughs> and out of the blue, the, he goes with me to every show. And the promoter there Turned around out of the room and said, uh, Mike. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you ever thought of being a referee? Uh, not really. Go, get in the ring. <laughs> so he really had no point. <laughs> put my son in the ring. And what kills me is that he's 20 years old and he wears size 10 and 12 in children. Oh. And yeah, and he's probably maybe 105 pounds. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Son, you got to eat more vegetables. I don't like vegetables. I said, <laughs> eat them anyway. And you got to get some meat on your bones. Because yeah. I'm mean, eating your so, veggies. Say so your prayers stupid. and eat your vitamins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, he's 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 taking bumps in the ring. You know, one guy got a you know got in his face and shoved him, and then you know he did the thing. You know, I'm the referee. Pushed him back, and the guy turned around, like, boom, clothesline him. And he never took a bump ever, and he took that bump. I'm like, oh, 
I didn't know it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was somewhere yeah. else when they were talking about that match. So when I seen it on TV, I'm like on the monitor back, back in the dressing room, I was like, oh, and everybody looked at me. I'm like, they go, Max, you didn't know it. No, I got up and then my son gets up. I'm like, all right, he's, he's good. Okay. You know, but I told him, I said, you got to let me know because if I don't know and you're not, you're not up, I'm coming out there with the chair and I'm going to be swinging it. Right. And, you know, he's like, it's okay, Dad. But he's, he's, uh, he's doing too, not too bad. I mean, the promoter's praising him on his refereeing. And he's like, you know, and I'm like, son, I said, soon you'll probably be senior referee. I said, that'd be awesome. That's great. That is and, I mean, he just started and he just picks up real quick. He yeah. does like a Tommy Young, that baseball slide. Mm-hmm. When he goes in, <laughs> he yeah. does nice. that. Cool. And uh, one, of the, one of the photographers like sees it and catches it and goes, I love that. I just love it. See <laughs> that doing it. So, you know, more props to him. Yeah. But, you know, he can still be, like, involved. He can be the ref, and he doesn't have to, like, damage the, the body the way the, right. the wrestlers That's do. And was... all you all you have to do is just teach him how to take a bump, you know, safely. And he should be well, okay. I, mean, I don't even think they told him how to bump, actually. <laughs> he just yeah. did it. Just, boom, fell backwards naturally. So, I mean, I guess with him being at the shows and when I was wrestling, and he would watch me and see. I, yeah. I guess he just caught on to it. Yeah, and, picked you know, up something. He did yeah, it that way. he didn't even realize he was doing it. And boom, he did it. So I got to give him props. Like I said, he's yeah. he's he's doing great. And all all the raff, all the wrestlers in the back, seeing on the card what they what you know where they're at. You know, like, where does where's Mini Max? Is he refereeing my match? <laughs> you know, where's where's Max? Where's Max Jr.? I want him to ref my match. So you yeah, know, cool. the whole roster wanting you, one little guy, to go out there and referee all those matches. You know, you, the guy he like I told him, I said you got to be doing something right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the highest compliment that you can get from the yeah. boys. It's like, are you doing my match? Because, like, if, if right. they're yeah. asking they you, that's, that's the one. That's the one you want to hear. Yeah. Like, yes, yes. Because, like, this is the kind of business, like, you know, you don't get a much appreciation. You get a lot of praise. You don't get any titles or trophies right. or anything like that. But you get the love yeah. of the boys and the respect of the boys. And when they're like, oh, I hope you have my match, that when you're when you're seeing someone, it's like, Yes, that's that's what I want to hear. That's 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 the validation you get from the guys because yeah. they know I, I, they can I, I count on you. They trust you. Yeah, my chest gets really big when they go. You know who, which Max Max Junior, which match you got? You know who are you reffing? Mm-hmm. Who whose match are you reffing? And I'm like, oh yes, I got him. I got him in my match. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you know, it makes my chest just get real big. You know because yeah. you know. They're they're praising pr- pr- you know, proud dad my, moment. That's yeah. my boy. Yeah, you know, that's uh, like the first time he did that when he that guy he, hit him, shoved him back, and Mikey just on the ribbon shoved him back. I said, "That's my boy," and then that guy closed yeah. my 
he took down and said, that was my boy, you know? (laughs) And the crowd, I mean, the whole group, they loved it. And then when he did the first ever, you know, you, you're out of here. Yeah. That, I think he got the biggest pop, the biggest roar of the crowd the whole night out of all the wrestling matches. The referee got the biggest pop. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm proud of that for him as well. You should be. Yeah, that's cool. And another thing is I have to say, I have to have tell you all, I have mad respect for all three of you. Because if it wasn't for you, it would just be two guys that's beating the tar out of each other. You three, you don't realize how important you are in a match. You are more important than those two wrestlers. You are the, you you know, those are the, the wrestlers. Those are the motors. You are the ones that have to direct them and conduct them. And, you know, like they're the music, you're the conductor. You just go with the flow of it and make, make the music happen. Yeah. And my props, you know, I have mad respect for all three of you. And Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's a it's a hard job to do. Nobody realizes how hard a referee's job is until they actually get in there and do it. And they're like, whoa. Because yeah. you, you they don't realize it at all. Don't have a clue. Yeah, I got the I remember um when I told someone for the first time that I am the ref. They're like, oh, you're just standing in a corner, look pretty. I was like, dude, no. <laughs> like, no, not at all. no. Not more than that. Yeah. Uh, I remember we had a show uh, in uh, 2018, I think. It was a uh, mega launch called for Slam mm-hmm. Wrestling. And we had a special guest referee. He was a former boxer. He was kind of like a, back in the day, he was a sort of semi big name because, like, I, I didn't I haven't I hadn't heard of him myself but because he was a before my time active and he was gonna be a special guest referee in the in the co-main event and uh, I was coaching him before the match because like obviously he was a boxer he has no idea how to be a referee right. and I'm helping him go through the rules and stuff like that but also just the way he's supposed to communicate and I remember the look he gave me when like, oh, here's your earpiece. What do I do with that? Oh, they gave you the time cues. So you got to give them to the referees. And like, what? What? Huh? I was like, I was always, he's a, he's a, he's a boxer. I mean, like, what, what would he, you know, he's never done anything like this before. And like, and it sounds so easy when you're like, oh, just give him the time cues. And you're sure it's, it is easy. But like, even that, like he, I remember like watching when I was given the cues from the camera. And I could see he was putting his ear to the earpiece and like he hears what I'm saying. And then I don't see him communicating with the wrestlers anyway. So I was like, <laughs> so I was just getting like frustrated, like, tell the boys, tell the boys the time cues. No, otherwise it's gonna go overtime. We're live, man. So so yeah, it was it was kind of painful in mm-hmm. eyes of watching because you could see he was slow when he was supposed to break a hole, when the guys were in the ropes, it was like, you could see that there was two guys trying to work here. And then the third one is trying to play catch up all the time. Because he was like, so insecure what he was doing, so unsure of his steps. Am I supposed to come in here now or not? 
And because, I mean, it is really one of those things where like finding the, uh, like the balance between like calling it like a shoot and doing the, like emphasizing the drama of the match. I mean, you got to find that certain balance there. Where, where do you step in and how much do you do? Do you don't do too much or too little when you react to this stuff? And all that is, I mean, it, you get with the time, but obviously when you're thrown into the deep end like that, it's going to be, <laughs> you're going to drown basically. And it was really around. one of those things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was really one of those moments where you kind of like remind yourself that, yeah, it's not all that easy. When, because when you're doing it for a while, it's like, I mean, I don't get the jitters anymore like I used to in the back early times. When I started out, I was, you know, you were just so... Oh, what's going on you're just more nervous that you don't screw anything up so you don't have time to take in the crowd you don't have the time to appreciate the match at this point it's it's like kind of like no biggie but it was a good reminder that you know yeah it, you know especially when you're starting out and if you have no idea what you're doing you're like you're you're just making a fool of yourself you're making a fool of the match and it's uh, it's no good it's just no good at all right yeah that's that's one of the points that like you need to be able to tell a story there and contribute what the boys or the girls are doing there because you're like you have a integral part of the overall how things play out and the audience looks at you and if you like if you don't uh, emphasize the rules or the situations properly then you know something gets lost and you may you are able to actually ruin good match in a way that's what i think yeah and also also a good ref can save a match if it's really bad at some point <laughs> a little yeah, bit help like with my son they he kind of kind of uh, messed up a little bit well he didn't the guys didn't kick out in time yeah. and he's like i'm sorry dad. i said no I said, your job is to give the one, yeah. two, three. Yeah. That's his fault if he didn't kick out. He knew yeah. he was supposed to. That's on him. I yeah. said, and let him say something to you. I said, yeah. and I'll back up. Because I said, I was told every referee's job is to give the one, two, three. They know the yeah. finish. They give it. It's our fault, the workers, that if they don't kick out, that's on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He yeah, I mean, was everyone... just wor really worried about it. Yeah, and uh, I, I can yeah. I, I can understand why because like you're there for the first times and it can be intimidating. I remember my first right. matches and there was something that wasn't supposed to go on in uh, one of the earlier matches and I called as I saw it and it created some huge like commotion. But like that's that's the way it goes. Things were against the rules. Uh, you can't like pin someone on the ropes or or however right. it was it, and they had to like then move forward and figure themselves out. And and if they, you know, would be more prepared to improvise and do the stuff that you need to do, call right. on the fly, as you say, then that wouldn't create such a hassle. But then let me tell you, there there was a huge talk backstage and. Uh, Thank God, and obviously, you know, I didn't do anything wrong, and and the the higher ups were like calling that, you know, the ref did what he was supposed to do, 
but it was an intimidating situation because it was one of my like I wasn't even like a three or four match in yet. Wow. Well, that's like with my son, you know, he's like, what do I do if I count to five? I say, disqualify him, or when you get to four and they don't move, grab him and pull him off the guy. Yeah. I said, yeah. if you get in trouble for that, you just tell him, I counted to four. Yeah, and you didn't listen. I wanted yeah. the match to go on, so I had to pull him off. I said, don't worry about it. I said, trust me, son. And and like I said, the promoter just praises him left and right. You know, he's like, you. he tells the other refs, you guys need to learn from him. Wow. Watch how he does his matches. Yeah. And he's the youngest one. And, you know, and everybody just looks at him and he feels bad. He's like, oh, man, they're going to hate me. I'm like, no. I said, if the, the, if the promoter's telling them to watch what you're doing, then you you got to be doing something right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that, that reminds me of something that I was thinking earlier this week. And, you know, every time I uh, these days watch wrestling, like from TV, AEW or whatever, like I really appreciate what everyone is doing. But as you were pointing out, if what, what do you do if you have to count five? On the four, you go between and try to like break them. And then if you have to do it, you have to do it. But then I see so many matches these days, so much go on where the rules are basically thrown out of the window. And I think, you know, that takes out of the drama of the match too, because suddenly nothing matters anymore or nothing makes sense. People can be outside of the ring like the guy, the ref could have counted 10 like three times already or whatever, or the tag rules aren't respected and it's just like some sort of like a commotion or a pandemonium and it takes away from the ref's authority, which takes away from the matches rules, which actually like makes it for me like confusing and it like comes off more that the suspense of, of disbelief isn't there anymore. You know, you can't believe in it so much. Do yeah. you, know, you know guys what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, it, it is really one of those things where, like, it's so, like, it sounds obvious when you say it, like, but, like, the referee's authority inside the ring is just an illusion maintained by kayfabe. That's all it is. It's the illusion of authority. And if the wrestlers aren't willing to give the referee his authority, like, like help to maintain that illusion, the referee has to kind of tighten up, like, his... Uh, rule enforcing to be more strict in a sense otherwise he starts looking like a clown or he starts or the rules start uh, stop mattering because yeah because then it's only the referee who is maintaining the illusion of authority and at some point like if the wrestlers don't care about that well then there's only two choices either the referee has to go to business himself protect himself or yeah he has to he has to break kayfabe for the sake of the story and also there is, like i said there's the balance between drama and calling it like a shoot and that's also one of those situations where it comes if the wrestlers don't give the referee his authority or like help to maintain the illusion that when the referee is is admonishing them for something or telling them like you know you know if i get to five i will disqualify do you understand that and they're like just shrug off and you know, go for the you know go for an illegal hold again or don't in a way any way acknowledge the referee's authority then yeah 
I mean, you're supposed to be working together, just like the wrestlers, right. they work together. Yeah. And then the, the wrestlers are supposed to work together with the referee. There's three people in the ring, three exactly. guys, three girls, three whatever. Yeah. And they together work. So you give some and they give some. And that's how that's how it's supposed to be. And like I said earlier, yeah. you can tell with a lot of young guys, they have no idea how to do that, or like they haven't been taught or they don't understand. They, they just think that you're kind of in the way there. We want to do something in the corner. So could you just move? Yeah. But instead of understanding that you are there to help them communicate, you're there to help them be a, an extra set of eyes and ears, like like you're in a situation where the guys are maybe lost, you can tell them to grab a hold, or you can tell them that you're losing the crowd, guys, come on, pick it up or yeah. you know, slow down. Right. You, can, you can help them enhance the match and get the best possible outcome or the best possible reaction out of the crowd that way yes i have noticed uh i'm not gonna say what company but um uh, yeah and it makes me angry because it's like um it really seems like wrestlers are marking their own shit they don't care about anything else and uh, it makes the ref looks completely useless and stupid in the ring and I don't think that's the way to go. Because like Temu said that you are working together. You are all telling story. Everyone has a part to play. And you are not, you know, if you are going in there for yourself, that's uh, not a good look. Now, I don't I think so. One question for you, all three of you. When you have been in the ring, Refn, has anybody try to get in the ring like a fan shoot in there to try to get in there have you ever had that incident happen to where there was a fan to try to get in the ring no not yet not yet not yet no <laughs> no but oh, I, oh. I know i know guys have some <laughs> experience so. Uh, luckily, nothing serious, but uh, there was a show in Estonia we did where uh, it was called The Biggest Party in Estonia was the event. And the guys, it was some tech company from France, as far as I could understand. And they were arranging this show. There was this big party at a, like a kind of a mansion-like building. And they brought booze and they brought DJs and they brought like some kind of Miss Estonia or some dancing girls there. And then they got us there to do a couple of matches and like it was such a weird vibe because like the ring was completely surrounded by drunk estonians and uh, some of them pushed inside the ring like i was counting the pinfall and one of them tried to push me or one of them tried to pull my foot and this happened a couple of times and i tried to turn around and all i could see is like this like a sea of drunk people and you no way to tell who who done the pulling or pushing like like no chance so just try to keep my legs like away from the crowd but fortunately no one tried to make a like get inside the ropes or stuff like that but yeah it was kind of a bizarre feeling like not really sure like like how how wild this could get because like the the fans were really they were enjoying the match but the, like I said, they were very drunk at that point because the alcohol was free. 
so <laughs> and and Estonians are not the kind of people who you know they they say no to a good drink or 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 ten and uh, and uh, yeah it was getting for a moment there I wasn't was a little bit worried but fortunately nothing more serious than that happened that time at least. Well, Finnish crowds have been really respectful. There have been two, two or three incidents when someone is like overly drunk and they like make a number of themselves, you know, draw attention to themselves while the match is going on and and you know act like tough guys there outside of the ring or like coming near the ring, but nothing that no one has entered the ring. But I have been given pair of eyeglasses, like you know. Apparently, to see better things just before the match. I remember, I remember once, like I was, I was in the ring preparing. You know, the announcer makes the announcements. You know, this guy is coming from here, waiting this and that, and then somebody is like, "Excuse me, referee," and you know, like right next to the ring, I was like, "What the fuck is the guy talking to me?" And I like, uh, "Excuse me, here's something to like." make you more efficient or something and i'd like take it i don't know what it is and fuck they're a pair of eyeglasses like i remember like from the from the summer party in estonia i just remember somebody sent to group chat uh the the picture of the amount of alcohol Yes, that was me. That was me. When you guys arrived, like a room full of just bottles and bottles and never any guy was like, oh my god. I was at that at that moment, I was like, I'm so glad I couldn't make it because I was originally the ref, but I couldn't make it. <laughs> so I was like, Thank you, okay. Domi. I got the gig. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I, it was, I, it was, I swear, I mean, like, the, like, like I said, it was like a mansion. It had a big old yeah. kitchen, and that whole damn kitchen was filled with like boxes of yeah. like clear, clear liquids, uh, like none of the cheap stuff. <laughs> was yeah. like, like, like that's kind of stuff with the with the percentages way up there, like vodka and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I, you could tell we were in for a wild ride, and it and it certainly was a. Once, once of a kind of show, I can tell you that. It's kind of surprised that nobody like had like uh, alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not not as far that as I know. know. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we know exactly, of. exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, what's coming up for Slam Wrestling? <clears throat> Next up, we will be in uh, Tampere the second biggest city in Finland, and that will be March 24th. It's going to be a free show. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, for, you know, anyone can come. It's, it's a, there was no tickets required. It's more, it's kind of a show where we take wrestling to the people because, you know, Helsinki has been for the longest time. That's where most shows are held. Sometimes Espo Vanta and you know, very rarely, but, you know, still sometimes we've ventured outside of Helsinki. And this is one of those moments where we go and try to raise awareness, so to speak, of wrestling in Finland and try to get in new fans. And the 
next i think the weekend after that no a couple weeks after that yeah. on easter we will be at the american car show at the yeah. mesokeskus the helsinki big uh big uh, uh big hall there. convention center the big, yeah, yeah sorry that, yeah the convention center and uh, it will be a three-day show with uh wrestling american cars and the whole shebang well very very sort of americana style events so if you're into any of that kind of stuff that'll be the place to be it's gonna be cool Ooh. yeah oh yeah oh yeah i Last love america i love doing americana <laughs> Last yeah, always... absolutely how long do you think you're gonna continue on with being a referee in the business how many more years you got uh, left in as long as my body loves me to. <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah. I will probably crawl into that fucking ring and do it. I'll <laughs> bronco. Yeah. yeah, I'll bronco Lubitsch those matches if I can't go down for the pins. I'll count with my foot if that will be need be. But like, I, like I, I've been staying healthy. Fortunately, I've had never had any serious injuries or any of the sorts so and it's when my work is physical which helps me keep you know some sort of physique but it's nothing too exhausting or draining so so it should should help me maintain my health and uh, hopefully i'll be able to clock in well i was gonna say 40 years but like not, maybe probably not but let's say for 30 years so I, th I think that's a nice round number, but you know, if I can go on for longer than that, then absolutely. If not as a referee, then I want to do something else. Maybe I'll, like I said, originally I was going to be a manager. Maybe I can do something like that or some sort of ring announcer, whether, whatever else I can do to help out. But I don't think, you know, even when I won't be able to get in that ring. So I have a feeling that, I will still be a part of wrestling somehow, if nothing else, just sitting in the front row. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do this as long as my, you know, body allows me to do it. And I have this disc issue now, so I have to have to see how that develops. But as as Temu said, if that's not possibility in a long run, then I think I will be doing something else for the Finnish wrestling scene because I like really, as we all all do, love the business and. And I also see it like what we do here is in a way historical in Finland because this isn't like in a huge cultural consensus. The ice hockey is here the huge thing and, and uh, people are who don't know about wrestling and there are many don't really like know how to react or think about it. So I, I, I saw I see me and all of us sort of a messengers of this great art that we are fortunate enough to have found and fell in love with so in some extent i will be involved even if i wouldn't be refereeing in the in the long run yeah so working every great answers great answers we have great answers next <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you on social media uh, well, I'm. Uh, I have Twitter, but I'm not really active on it. I just retweet some stuff. I, I, I just don't like it. It's too messy for me. 
Um, uh, on uh, Facebook, it's Ref Domi Matvejova, and then on Instagram, it's Ref Domi usually. Uh, those are the two that I use most. Ladies? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I have an Instagram account uh, at Refere Maki, at Refere Maki, where I post my wrestling related stuff. And then I have this podcast, which is now Finnish language. So uh, it is They Talk Suomi, joten kaikki suomenkieliset, jotka katsoja on kiinnostunut Suomen historiasta, niin voivat tulla katsomaan uh, sitä. So it's for the Finnish, Finnish uh, speaking audience or people who want to learn Finnish, I guess. I'm Finref Team on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I am not very active on these. Uh, different social media channels. I try to post once in a while. I usually retweet on Twitter stuff from other more interesting referees or or people. But those are my channels to to reach out to me. On YouTube, I share most of my matches from my career, which are online. Otherwise, you can find my stuff on the Slam Wrestling Finland YouTube channel if I haven't linked it there on uh, my real fast before I go this is for uh, Maki their podcast they talk is it a professional wrestling podcast uh, it is it is not uh, sorry I explained it in Finnish not Finnish speaking people but it, it is they talk Suomi is mostly about something about Finnish like history I've been talking about this cold rush at Lapland and uh Then I talked about the history of Finnish castles and the Finnish folklore and, and stuff like that. Really, the main things that interest me, which are all about history. Those are, I think, I had some competition over in Finland, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. That's good. That's all. So, <laughs> yeah. History part, you rule all that. Go right ahead. But I will have Did to. You? Did you, Maki, had some kind of like uh, episode where you talk about Kalevala and stuff? Well, it's uh, it's about to come uh, stuff about Kamelala, Ka- Kavela, Ka- fuck, Kalevala, <laughs> the Finnish, Finnish epic. <laughs> But like, uh, well, the next episode this Saturday, like, goes along lines with Kalevala because I talk about Elias Lundrut and the Finnish national identity and the yeah. great artist of uh, era of that era. Yeah, because I feel like Heimo, Heimo is like part of, you know, like yeah. the the gimmick, you know, it's yeah. such a huge part of the uh, Finnish mythology and stuff. And I yeah. read Kalevala in English, Yeah, but I read it and I love, I loved it. So, oh, by the way, all of your English speaking listeners like Kalevala, as Tom said, is in English and it's a good translation. So all who are yeah. excited or interested about Finnish exotic uh, national epic from the 19th century and, and the poems there are way older than the 19th century, should go out and find Te Kalevala uh, compiled by Elias Lönnrot. This is a bit Finnish advertisement here, but, you know, gotta love your nation, right? Yeah. I feel like it's such a stupid American because you guys are talking about <laughs> history and you know, museums and stuff like that. And like, uh, next night, talk about American football. Well, that's the sports are great, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go local team. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I'll admit that. 
But you know what, Maki, you should do like an episode about the, uh, because uh, I'm interested in like haunted places and ghosts and stuff. And I actually found some websites saying that there are some haunted places in Helsinki. Yeah, let's there are. Go. There are many. Let, let's yeah. go. Let's go. I, I want to go. Let's the go. Capi- you, guys, you guys go ahead. <laughs> the Finnish capital is haunted. But hey, if you're interested, oh, this is like outrageous advertisement out of my old podcast. But they talk online at YouTube was our English uh, language podcast that we ran for years. And there are plenty of haunting episodes about the haunted places in Helsinki and the poltergeist at Lahti too. So me and Dylan are yeah. talking about those there. Okay, but I, I was thinking like let's go like to those places. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah. Let's 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 <laughs> yeah. let's, let's okay. do it. I wanna go. Like yeah, yay. Yeah. <laughs> like in the middle of the night. <laughs> Prepare to be exer- exercised then. <laughs> so cool. Next, do you have any final thoughts? I'd love to have him back on. <laughs> yeah, well, I would. Yeah, I would love sure. to come. This has been fun. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. This is my reward. I mean, uh, Charitable Digest and Apple Podcasts can say like, "Hey, you're number one in something." That's great, but this is my reward right here. Talking to amazing people like you. I mean, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And, I mean, this uh, is so cool. Like, and you know, just hang out with all of you guys. It is. And it's to see you. <laughs> too, you know, that's so nice. Also, just to let you know, we recently started a KTV Media group page where people can put like upcoming events or like highlights. Yeah. Or feel free to use that. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that will grow. And it's like 30 people now, but I think people was like very afraid of, I don't know. But it's for yeah. the community. To post whatever you can even promote your podcast there if you like i mean go nuts on it it's for the wrestling community cool. and and he wants to say hi one last time hello hello hi, hi. well i appreciate you everyone coming on today thank you very much thank you for having us like hour and a half but it's very enjoyable yeah. oh yeah, yeah nice. that, that went by fast Yeah. Time flies. I mean, but you know, who who has the time? Who has the you know time to watch the time when you're having a good time? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, exactly. (laughs) I worry. Just look at time. Was like, oh, we just bought the time. Oh well, you know. (laughs) I appreciate everyone's time today, and thank you very much. And we'll definitely have you back. Everyone back on again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can I uh, send greetings here? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, have a merry and happy coming birthday, Alexandra. And, you know, I love you a lot. Aww. We love you too, Alexandra. <laughs> and I's wife's going to be like, how come you don't do that for you, the podcast? How come you don't say happy birthday to us? No. I brought flowers and balloons for my wife on Valentine's. What did you get your wife? First of all, we did a Valentine's episode and then like, you know, we brought each other's wives on to talk. Mex, middle of the episode, gives his wife flowers and balloons and we're just like... (laughs) All the guys were like... (laughs) They're grinning and then they see me hand it to her and they're like... 
damn. I don't like never likes balloons and flowers so she like she rather takes like a a drill from true value over flowers or yeah, next I was just like that son of a bitch. Well thank you everyone for coming on appreciate your time thank you everyone for listening and thank you for watching this is killing the business worldwide and we are all out take care everyone god bless bye 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 bye, -bye. bye, -bye.